Blog Talk Radio. On the street, respect is a big deal. A lot of times, that's all you have. If another man tries to trample that, you take it real personally. You got what the outside world would know about, that it's the college town. Then you got what's on my side of the track, which is more drugs, more crime, more despair. The police have put cameras up here because of all the drug and gang activity. Murders have happened over here. Because of the access to guns and beefs combined, a lot of shit gets settled with guns. A couple days before fight day, I usually go out on the street, talk to people, try to find out who's people who. When I was 16, I was stabbed in the throat. Here's where I had a tracheotomy. Went to prison. I was a bad person. I had to change. Boxing symbolizes life struggle. It makes you tough. Because over on my side of town, life is cheap. Each month, we actively recruit people who have to Bringing these guys over here to stop them from shooting, killing, beating each other. Humans have been fighting since Jesus walked this earth. That's a fact. There's certain people, that's how they're walking. They're going to fight no matter what I do. The only difference is, at least with me, they're fighting in a yard with gloves, the referee. Hold on. Apologize, everyone. Technical difficulties. And start the show in a... Because I don't see any callers on my screen, but... We'll start it up here in, in a second. And... Hold on one second, everybody. Bear, bear with me. Okay, let's let's try. We are having technical difficulties, everyone. I don't know if anybody has called in yet, but the show is on the air. Just want to make it official. Well, maybe my commercials are working. And uh, hello, everybody. Let me start the show off right here. Sorry for technical difficulties. Um, and I'm trying to find my all my stuff here. Hold on one second. Okay, we will start the show right in... Hold on one second. Now. 
how this could only happen to a guy like me And only happen in a town like this So may I say to each of you most gratefully As I throw each one of you a kiss This is my kind of town Chicago is My kind of town Chicago is My kind of people too second there and welcome everybody uh street peeps what's good with glenn street peeps buck up or shut up so about health fitness nutrition and training uh some technical difficulties right now and i don't know why i'm having them and hold on one second here It's going to be one of those days. Okay. I don't you just love technology? Okay. And hold on just a few seconds, people, here. Okay, sorry about that, everyone. I've had technical technical difficulties here. Uh, wow. Hopefully the rest of the show goes okay, but um, let's start it out right.
away from the mountain of temptation. So as we say here in Texas, you need to go home, buck up, and follow through on the decisions that you've made here. And that's the perfect intro for my show. Good evening, everyone. Street Beeps, what's good with Glenn? Street Beeps, buck up or shut up. A 120-minute journey through the world of health, fitness, nutrition, and training, and some additional stuff with a few surprises along the way. With your host, Glenn Joseph Brophy, tonight's an open topic, everything related with health, nutrition, and training. And the number to call, 516-387-1941, As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to introduce something. It will be a debut on my show. I don't know if, if this has been done anywhere else on Block Talk. It was a staple. It was an institution here in the Chicago area, appointment radio at 5 p.m. on Thursdays. Uh, uh, one of our all-sports stations, the score, Sports Radio 670, on um, uh, Boars and Bernstein. It was a show. It was from a quote by Mike Ditka in which uh, he coined the phrase, you know, uh, who you crapping? You know, don't crap me now. And, and so that became a segment. If somebody has told you a half-truth or a lie, someone lied to you, and you want to crap that uh, person, the number to call um, to crap that person, speak to Glenn, and be part of the show, 516-387-1941. A busy, hectic day, hectic weekend. Um, of course, I had work. Um, went to a, a cage fitness class. That was interesting in that. Still a little weak from uh, donating red blood cells previous Sunday. I I should have probably not done as much as I did last week, but I feel refreshed and better right now, ready for uh, uh, the week in hand. So, um, and by the way, my iron was more than enough, 16.3. So, um, and, and of course, last Monday when I did my show, um, we had technical difficulties, even though, um, my partner had had problems, but I think I had a compu- uh, computer that just had frozen up on me or whatever. But I saw the board, but I did not see, you know, everything as it should be. So, uh, but the show is on the air. Amen to that. So, five one six three eight seven one nine four one five one six three eight seven nineteen forty one. Last night was the first show for a Jason Cuban since uh, in, in about three weeks, and we did the What Could It Be Trivia Challenge. He had a couple of guests. He had um, Kid Rich on. He had Phil from the, um, I forget the name of the organization that helps people um, when they've gotten out of jail, out of prison. Um, I'll have to, hopefully Jason, you know, he said he would call, and a couple other people did on the show yesterday, so hopefully they'll call in. And um, Phil, who was my partner in the What Could It Be Trivia Challenge, me and Phil against, um, I want to say Kid Rich and Bob, and then Jason took over for Bob when he had to leave. But um, category was sports, so we did very well. 
And so, um, but his show is back on the air, and it's on Sundays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time, and same phone number, five, part of the Street Beams Network, Talk Live. And then two days from now, the professor, um, University of Higher Learning with the professor, Keith Vaughn, he normally calls in, um, should have had him do the board this week, but uh, nah, I don't know where Keith is, but hopefully he'll call in a little later. That would be um, maybe, unless he thought I um, I should have gotten in touch with him earlier. So I don't know if Keith was busy, but um, always enjoy it when Keith's on. Last week, Jesse uh, Jesse was a little bit tired, but um, he had a busy weekend. He uh, there, were one, there was um, two fights that happened during the weekend. And I think I saw one of them, you know, on online on YouTube. I forget uh, which one it was, but there were t- there were two fights, and um, I, I think I think it went to a decision if I remember. So um, there were supposed to be 20 fights, but they were rained out, as um, the same hurricane that is uh, it's affecting the whole East Coast. It was upgraded from a Category Three to I saw on. Uh, a Facebook friend had messaged me, Category 3, and then it was upgraded from a Category 3 to a Category 4. But obviously it, um, they're getting a lot of rain in Virginia. Um, I'm here from the Chicago area, so uh, we got some rain ourselves all, all throughout last week, but nothing this bad. So the fights had to be canceled, but um, there was someone from Sports Illustrated who was there from the magazine online from the website and then also from TV from one of the channels. I don't know if they'll be on sports center or what, what the piece will be, but um, so someone was out there from sports illustrated and there'll be a documentary that will be part of the Sundance film festival on street beefs and the TV show is, um, will be, I guess on the air soon. Don't know when. And also, uh, uh, while Christopher Wilmore, founder of Street Beefs, who gave me the blessing for, for Jason and for myself and for um, Keith, all of us that have radio shows. And that, uh, while he was watching, um, big Baltimore Ravens fan, I'm sure he was he was happy yesterday, happier than I was. I was happy in the first three quarters, but um wasn't happy in the fourth quarter. Uh, my Bears were played the Packers and uh so it was it was yeah the uh great start not so great finish but i won't get too much into that and uh okay and just somebody sending me a facebook message about the detroit lions so they're at the bottom of the food chain so but um i don't know if there's anybody here listening from michigan but so um pretty much so it wasn't the ending that we Chicago Bears fans had wanted, but Christopher Wilmore was happy. And, uh, oh, and worse than the Bears and Packers lines are. Well, we know that, you know, Bears are going to have a good team this year, just yesterday. Did not go the way that we Bears fans had wanted. But um, so so he was watching the, the game at a sports bar, and a guy – I, I assume from Switzerland, a Swiss photographer from a, um, a Swiss magazine had, uh, you know, 
con- you know, tapped him on the shoulder, Christopher Wilmore, and, and asked, can he do an interview with him? So in addition to ESPN, in addition to the Sundance Film Festival, in addition to the TV show, um, he's going to be interviewed for a Swiss magazine, you know, Christopher Wilmore and Street. You know, you go, you go to watch your, your Ravens, you go to watch your football team play, um, which they so you not only get a win from the Ravens, a very good uh, game from the Baltimore Ravens, um, you, you know, you get an interview. You get someone uh, wanting to interview you while you're at the sports bar um, for the Swiss magazine. There's by this photographer. So, so life, life is good for the founder of Street Beats, Christopher Wilmore, right now. And um, I mentioned Keith Vaughn's show. I mentioned Jason Cubans. And then, of course, there's my show on every Monday from 8 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central. And there's a bunch of, there's a plethora of blogs. Uh, there's, of course, Street Beefs, uh, Fight Talk Live, Street Beefs uh, News. You want, um, there's the Street Beefs News by Yas Wiz. I think there's two different ones. There's Street Beefs Fights. You can get all the fights. And there's also the, um, uh, the Iraqi Assassins one, Street Beefs Go Pro. There's Mighty Mouse's um, uh, Mighty Mouse Street Beefs Mighty Mouse or Mighty Mouse Street Street Beefs. Uh, then there's I don't think I don't think Alan Stevenson has his anymore. I, I want to say there's there's a new one TNT Reactions, a, a, a relatively new one. That's by um, JB Brooks, uh, Benny Frank. And they were guests on my show, and then uh, two weeks ago, and then Trey Rodriguez, those three TNT. So that's T. Um, that's uh, I think uh, uh, cap, uppercase T, Aberstand, then uppercase T. So T Aberstand uppercase T. Um, the both T's are uppercase, and then all lowercase reactions R E A C T I O N S, and then in addition to that. There's Fuego Banks has one. Straight News, that's S-T-R. The letters don't spell out E-I-G-H-T. S-T-R, capital S-T-R, uh, with the number 8, and then News. That's Stra 8 News, Straight News. And then there's um, Joe Littleton's uh, White Dragon Combative Channel. Can't forget Joe Littleton. Um, so if you haven't heard yours, don't worry, I'll get to it. And then uh, I want to say Austin Singletary, the Wild Whitey. Uh, Wild Whitey, he, he has a, a YouTube channel also, so can't forget him. And um, he, he's he got technical difficulties right now. Normally his WTF show would be on on Fridays, but he's having issues with that. Same thing, the Wild Chauffeur, um, Kevin Davis with K-Dog's Corner right now. Um, they're in hi- hiatus for the time being, but they'll both be back up soon. Um, so then, um, but while Whitey Austin Singletary has a, a YouTube vlog also, and then in addition to him, there's uh hard to hurt. There is, I see Mike Pesesco hard. I think they're all lowercase T W O not H A R D T W O H A R D with the number on the key, the numeric keypad two, and then hurt H A R D two H U R T. Don't spell it. Um, you know, with the the number two H A R D two H U R T, not H A R D T W O. So hard 
to hurt. H-A-R-D to H-U-R-T. Then you got um, Johnny Cage Cruz with, um, again, Johnny Cage, all one word, and then Cruz. Um, the J for Johnny is uppercase. And then after the, the lowercase Y, the C for Cage is uppercase. So that's all one word, Johnny Cage with the J and the C for Johnny and Cage, all uppercase. The rest of the letters for Johnny Cage are lowercase. So the first letter and pretty much and, and Y and the seventh letter for C for Cage uh, there's 10 letters total, and then you got a space, and then Cruz, capital C, with the um, uppercase C, with the R-U-C, all lowercase. So Johnny Cage Cruz, and then in addition to him, I think that's all of them. Oh, there's there's one more. Uh, what used to be Adventures in Fitness with Jesse P., Jesse Peterson, is, is now known as Fierce Heart, F-I-E-R-C-E. And then heart, two words, fierce heart. That is the new YouTube vlog for Jesse Peterson, and I think that is all of them. If if I am wrong, somebody can can let me know. If I missed any, I don't think I've missed any. Um, yeah, that's all of them because um, the Iraqi Assassin channel doesn't exist anymore. Instead, it's um, Street Beeps Go Pro, and then I mentioned Mighty Mouses, and then I mentioned. I don't think Alan Stevenson's channel, um, it, it's there, but I guess um, that channel isn't there anymore. At least, well, no new no new um, videos. So, uh, But it, that's what I saw when I clicked on it. So I believe that is all the YouTube blogs, 516-387-1941, 516-387-1941. And good time as any. I think I'm going to hit some commercials right now, so... Bear with me here, and good time as any. I'm just gonna, and so I'm gonna play some commercials, and maybe by the time I play them, we'll be um, be back. We'll have some callers. Introducing LookingVibrant.com. Fuel your body and mind for success. We've started this company after being customers of other brands for many years, frustrated with supplements that are full of synthetic ingredients, chemicals, and cheap Chinese ingredients. Thus, as concerned citizens, we've used our frustration as fuel to start this company after several years learning about nutrition, FDA regulation, and connecting with nutritional gurus like Dr. Tracy Gibbs and many others until we launched in 2016. We've just completed the development of four liposomes products with a PhD specializing in phospholipids that delivers more than 90% of the nutrients directly to the bloodstream, according to Dr. Alec Bannum at the Babram Institute in Cambridge, UK. We use no pressure, no toxic solvents, and no heat in our manufacturing process. No MSG, EDTA-free. Unlike LiveOn.com that add alcohol, EDTA, and use phospholipid from soy, all our liposomal products are derived from non-GMO certified sunflower oil from Europe. And all our flavors are 100% natural plant extracts only from the USA. All Looking Vibrant products are undenatured, BPA-free packaging, gluten-free, soy-free, alcohol-free, EDTA-free, made in the U.S. with GMP, FDA-approved facilities only, never with artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors added, never irradiated or fumigated with ethylene gas, 
We're rated number one by supplementcharts.com. Dr. Joel Wallach said, when we sweat, we sweat over 65 water-soluble nutrients. Dr. Oz said, taking high-quality supplements is like buying a cheap life insurance. Replenish, refuel, and energize with lookingvibrant.com. Free shipping for orders over $50. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA. Please consult your physician before using any supplements. Read full disclaimer. No doubt by now you have heard about CBD oil and what it can do for you. Or you may not know anything about CBD oil. Well, CTFO is just for you. Not just CBD oil, but they also have a whole product line for health, pain, and nutrition. There are products for anxiety, depression, sleep, weight loss, and focus, just to name a few. They have a line for pets who suffer from seizures and anxiety as well. CTFO, Changing the Future Outcome, is committed to having the highest quality, lowest price products on the market. Want to learn more about CTFO? Head on over to www.tinyurl.com slash Adidas Runner, that's A-D-I-D-A-S, Fat Cat Computers of Harrisonburg is celebrating our 20th year in business now under new management. We offer repairs, sales, vape mods, electronic toys, and more. Fat Cat Computers, 726 East Market Street, 540-801-0681, or on the web at fatcatpcs.com. At Fat Cat Computers, we're not number one, you are. Okay, we are back, and um, I played some commercials, and we are back, and let's see who's uh, who's uh, uh, who am I speaking to? Hey, this is Jack. Hi, Jackson. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you, Glenn? Uh, doing well. I've had a, had a rough start to the show. I had a little some technical difficulties, but I'm on the air. All is good. And um, tonight cool. I'm beginning a, a new segment, a new segment in which um, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Chicago radio. I mean, uh, not everybody's as familiar with Chicago radio. Then again, any anything with Chicago like me or Chicago sports. But it was a Chicago all-sports station. And so that being in 15 minutes. And um, it's going to be my maiden voyage in the Virgin Territory with, with this segment. It was uh, – um, you're familiar with Mike Ditka, right? Oh yeah, the uh, the former head coach, coach of the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears. Yeah. This is when he had a coach to show. He's definitely a character. I said Mike Ditka is definitely a character. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a, he had a coach show. He had done now the one on TV he had done with his former Bears teammate Johnny Morris, and that name seems familiar. At one time, he had the record for most catches in the NFL with 93. Uh, that was quickly blown away, I guess, in the pretty much in the 80s, I think. Kellen Winslow broke that record and, you know, a uh, plethora of others. But uh, so, but on the radio, um, it was, and I'm trying to think, it was later in his Bears career. Before that, on WGN, he had a show. Um, you've heard that used to be the home for the Cubs. Now it's the home of the White Sox and the Blackhawks, it is, uh, WGN Radio. Uh, Mike Pyle who was another teammate of Johnny Morris. He was the center on the 63 team that won the NFL title. But um, he's since passed away, too. Mike Powell has. Johnny Morris, I think, is still alive. But um, he had hosted that show. So this is like later in Dick's career before he was fired. Um, Terry Boris, who was a 
columnist from the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm not sure if he has a column still in, in the Daily Herald, which is in the Arlington Heights, Illinois newspaper. Um, he was a host on the score. He retired, I want to say last year, uh, he retired. He's been, he was there like at least, I think about 25 years. He had a show with, uh, Boris and Bernstein. So, um, but before that, he, um, he, he had a coach's show with Mike Dicka and he had asked him, well, um, uh, Mike, you know, the media suggests that you have lost the fire. You lost the, you know, the fire and that, uh, you know, the determination, you know, and, uh, it seemed to suggest that, you know, you uh, you don't have the fire that you, you once did. And, and so Dicka retorted, well, you're the guy that when you wrote that, you said having the fire and having the passion was the wrong thing. So who are you crapping? And then he said, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, he tried to reply to him. He said, uh, no, 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 don't crap me now. You know, and so that became a segment, you know, on the score, who are you crapping? So right. if anybody you tells you a half-truth, Okay. Glenn. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Alabama, uh, you know, football season just started for college. And, um, yes. you know, Alabama um, came in and, um, well, you know, I think yesterday or the day before, I don't know. I don't even know, man. I'm I'm bad on time. But they um, faced the Arkansas Red Wolves. I had seen an uh, Arkansas Red Wolves game back in 2011. And um, they got beat by some no-name team um, from Louisiana. But um, okay. either way, so I see uh, I see them face the Red Wolves. And um, like you said about the fire, uh, Nick Saban is definitely one of those coaches that will always have the fire. Um, mm-hmm. And then same thing with Mike Decca. But, uh, yes, very similar. Coaches do have the fire. So uh, Terry Boris suggested he did not. So the coach's reply was, who you're crapping? No, 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 don't crap me now. And that became a segment. Uh, when I played a segment, uh, that well, that's going to be the, the opening for my segment. So what it is, if anybody told you a half-truth, something that might have been true but, you know, wasn't completely true or a lie, then you would crap the person. And, uh, you know, on, on YouTube, under there's like um, a bunch of people who are very good at, you know, it was like it was appointment radio, 5 p.m., on Thursdays, you know, you you had a beater, you know, to hear who you're crapping, you know, and it's like, you know, um, oh well, um, I'm I'm trying to think. I, I ne- next week I'll I'll get this clip. There's this guy Gary from Ebiston who was called King of the Crappers, but he would like, you know, so he would mention something and then always make a reference to Bonanza or Lauren Green or whatever. He was a big Bonanza fan, you know, the TV show. And then he would end with who you crapping. So, so, so pretty much, uh, you know, you, you crap someone, and then you end the crap with who you crapping. So that's coming up at eight o'clock. And so, um, you know, there's a whole clip that goes with it that um, it would be that they played during the segment on the score. And uh, then afterwards, you know, probably go from eight to eight thirty. Uh, um, you know, I will. Uh, you know, you, uh, there's there's a clip that you um, they would play afterwards. So, Who You Crapping makes its debut tonight. And then um, I think there were two fights over the weekend. It was washed out. But Jesse P., who called last week, he, he was too tired this week. He traveled from Milwaukee. And so, um, you know, but um, 
did you get to see any of the fights on YouTube? I think I saw one fight. I didn't see the Jesse P fight, but I saw one of the other ones. I love watching um, Street Beef fight. Uh, you know, I, I really, I'm really glad because um, Triple G versus Canelo number two. Oh man, I am so excited for this fight. I am so pumped up just just because you know Canelo Alvarez is one of my favorite um, one of my favorite boxers until um he get until um you know he made a draw with Triple G and Triple G was also one of my favorites. And um, then um, he got sure. caught with whatever. He says it was the meat in Mexico that made him got caught with steroids. But, however, I don't really care. Uh, this fight, I'm definitely there's, there's going There's some people, let me ask you a question. There were some people that thought that um, that uh, Triple G won that fight that for whatever, that uh, Canelo tends to curry favor, you know, with the, you know, with the, with the well, judges. My opinion Personally, from being a boxer, from being a trained boxer and looking at this, um, definitely say, man, it was a draw fight. I don't care what you think of who won or who did not, because these two two guys were one of my favorites. And it and and I thought I thought Canelo was going to win personally, but in the end, it was a draw fight. Um, okay, okay. It was it, it, what it was. Honestly, it was the whole fight. Triple G adjusted his jab. And normally tried to put Canelo on the outside of the ropes where he was beating him sure. with the ropes with his jab. Um, Canelo definitely avoided those by moving left and right, lots of head movement, and absolutely beautiful uppercuts and hooks. But even even Canelo's strongest hook and strongest punches could definitely not stop Triple G. And same thing with Triple G's strongest punches; it could not stop Canelo. And um, mm-hmm. It was just it was just an amazing fight. I know it was one of those fights that you know that is going to go down in history, kind of like Bernard Hopkins versus Roy Jones Jr. Um, sure. You know, one of those fights you just see and you just know it's going to go down in history. Um, it was just an outstanding fight. It was probably one of the most brutal fights I had seen, even though there you know wasn't too much bloodshed or anything. It doesn't matter about that. Just the skill and how much these guys work their bone, you know, work to the bone in that fight. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's what looking at that fight. That's what that's what boxing is all about. You know, looking at Mike Tyson versus Larry Holmes, or Muhammad Ali versus Larry Holmes, or Joe Fraser, or Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman. Those are the fights that you look at, and you know they're going to go down in history. And that is what boxing is all about. Just yep. gorgeous fights. Not too too bad with Muhammad Ali that you know you know it was as late in his career as it did. But there are many people, and. Um, it's possible, but you, you got to admire. If this is true, you got to admire him even more. For how after yeah. he lost, he defeated you know Leon Spinks, and there were um, if uh, for those well you you weren't around for the first uh, for for the, either of those fights, but uh, for I think for the first Spinks fight, he did not talk to the media for a little bit, and he was very quiet in that. And so uh, uh, when he did talk, it was like. And, and there were questions, you know, uh, his weight had gone up. You know, he, he definitely didn't look at, in as shape as he normally did. And uh, what people, what many people fail to realize, in 1977, um, and he fought him in 1978, I think it was 1978 because I had a track meet. I was in indoor track. I was on and on the track team also. But uh, it was at, I want to say, Proviso West, we, we, um, the, the track meet was at. 
and um, it was okay, but I, I didn't win. I didn't win my event, but then I I, I just started Interact maybe 1977. So when we got on the bus, it, it's like you know back from the meet around seven or eight o'clock, uh, maybe eight o'clock. We found out Ali had lost to Spinks. And what people fail to realize in 1977, uh, I think supposedly, uh, and, and and before the Holmes fight, he failed a physical at, at the Mayo Clinic. But um, his, his Parkinson's disease, he might have had that as early as 1977. So it makes you admire even more. In in, in the second fight in New, um, Louisiana Superdome, uh, whatever it's known as right now in New Orleans, um, you know he, you know he would. Uh, he he won the majority. It was it was a unanimous decision. He would get in the jab, whatever, and then clinch. You know, after throwing a couple punches. You know, and so he was smart enough and cognizant enough. Ali was, you know, throw a couple punches. Maybe, um, obviously a little older, maybe not at his best. But then, you know, after he would throw some punches, he would he would clinch. You know, well, I'll and, tell you this right now. Um, the only way that George Foreman could beat Muhammad Ali is what George Foreman had to do is he had, first of all, Muhammad Ali's jab and footwork was legendary. So the only way he had yep. to get a uh, take down Muhammad Ali. And his chin. Don't won. forget the chin. It was like the fourth best yeah. chin yeah, that too, all time. That too. Foreman what had the had second best one, but it makes me wonder because didn't Ali beat Foreman? Uh, number three was George right. Chapalo on the list. And the guy who's, I guess he was a friend of, of the guy who was number one was Jake LaMotta, was judged to be. And that's possible because look at him in the, he had like six fights, five or six fights against Sugar Ray Robinson, who was pound for pound one of the greatest heavyweights, pound for pound one of the greatest knockout fighters of all time. He had the most, except for some English right. guy who pretty much beat, um, knocked out a bunch of people, fought in, in England, didn't fight the competition Sugar Ray Robinson did. But, well, um, you know, so, like I was but saying, um, the Lamada. Oh, go ahead. Like I was saying, um, George, George, the only way Muhammad Ali, you know, got beat by George Foreman is George Foreman had to eliminate his jab and his footwork. So what he did is he pushed him up against the ropes and then literally, literally got chest to chest, waist to waist with him where he eliminated his mm-hmm. jab and his footwork where he couldn't move, and he just sat there and just threw hooks at him and uppercuts the whole time. And then Ali, of course, covered up with the rope-a-dope, you know, and right. pretty much uh, just, you know, absorbed it with his glo- um, gloves, with his pads, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, you know, I guess his elbows, his, 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 his gloves and that, you know, so pretty much. Yeah. And then I think supposedly there was an exchange in which uh, Same thing you with, know, Foreman um, is punching. Like, he pretty much punched himself yeah. out, and Ali, Ali replied to him. He said, is that all you got, George? Is that all you got, George? Right. That's what he said to him. Right. You know, and the um, thing about this is, is Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. One reason Mike Tyson – Evander Holyfield was definitely headbutting him. I saw it most, many, many times. Okay. When Mike Tyson would – Is that what caused him, him to bite him? Why, why he bit – why he bit at Vander Holyfield because of the headbutts, sir? No, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield because of the headbutts, but also Mike Tyson, you know, the way he fights is um, he uses lots of head movement, lots of shoulders up, head down. Uh, you know, he does the peekaboo, which is what Cousins motto taught him with the gloves up close to your face, the peekaboo. What you do is body, 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 and then he hits sure. you the head, and then go back to the body, and then you drop your arms because your body's hurting, and then he'd hit you in the head, and he did that repeatedly. Um, 
as Evander Holyfield was headbutting him, every time Mike Tyson would throw a hook, when he would throw that hook, he would slide with the elbow every single time. Yeah. So in actuality, the fight itself was just really brutal. Um, Mike Tyson was being very aggressive, very, very mean in that fight. And that's what went down, yeah. man, is, is Evander Holyfield was talking too much trash, you know. And, you know, Mike Tyson's good at talking trash, but he's kind of silent. He doesn't, like, real loud, real aggressive. He's like, oh, sure. I'll do this to you and I'll do that to you. He messes with your head. So was the biting internet um, – was, was that accidental or what? That was because Evander Holyfield repeatedly headbutt Mike Tyson and was talking trash to him and saying stuff in his okay. ear. That's what, that's what I've heard. So when you continually okay. do that, especially somebody who's a beast like Mike Tyson, you don't want to poke the bear with the stick. And and that's exactly and what Evander him. Holyfield was Mike doing Tyson. the whole time. Even before the fight, Evander Holyfield was doing that. And I ain't going to say that Evander Holyfield deserved that, but I am going to say that, look, when you're in the ring and it's one-on-one and you got gloves on, I mean, hey, it, it's on. It doesn't matter. It's on. If and anything fight, can happen. Like anything Mike can happen. Tyson would say, Mike Tyson said, what does it matter? We're going to fight anyways. What does it sure. matter? We're going to fight anyways. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're talking before the fight. Because once you're up in there, it's on. It's game over for whoever goes down. And sometimes you'll have an exactly. amazing fight and end up having a draw. And, of course, Cuts the motto. And, and um, a lot of people say that, again, with that peekaboo style, he would have been uh, trouble for Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson is familiar with that, as was uh, Charles Sonny Liston. There was another fighter, if you know your boxing well, history, Mike Tyson, who had, who had the peekaboo, who had the peekaboo so style. Brutal. Yeah, Mike Tyson was so brutal because um, his defense was huge and his chest and his shoulders were huge. That's one thing. Another thing was is when he would he would get up on you and get you up against the ropes. That's one thing. Check this out. Here's what really made him brutal was his head movement, and then at the same time when he would throw a punch, he would bounce off his thighs, and he used lots of knee movement, and he would jump off of his knees, and so the power would come straight from his legs when he would hit you with the hooks, and he was shorter than everybody else. So that's why he rolled down really low to the ground when he was Which is an advantage that Mighty Mouse has, even though Mighty Mouse – yeah, Mighty Mouse is short. That's an advantage, but Mighty Mouse would – do it from way low, and he, he, he would get that extension because he would do it while crouched. By by being crouched, Mighty Mouse is able to, you know, um, get the right. extension. Exactly. And 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 that and that's what leads to it with him being crouched. Then it's like he can coil. But uh, did he get the other fighter? Another fighter who was also a heavyweight champion. Um, I want to say he lost to a Swedish fighter. He beat him in a rematch. He lost. Matter of fact, uh, the fight was at Comiskey Park. He fought him twice, I think, for the title. He lost to him there. And the person he lost to both times, including at Comiskey Park, would, of course, face uh, a certain other heavyweight in Miami Beach, Florida, in 1964. This fighter was a decided underdog. He said he would knock him out in eight. And he said, well, you didn't do it in eight. He said, well... If I knocked him out in eight, it would make me great, but I guess he wanted to go sooner, so I knocked him out in seven to send him to heaven. And so Charles Sunliston, I mean, well, uh, Ingemar Johansson beat him, but then Floyd Patterson beat Yo, uh, Ingemar Johansson, the Swedish fighter, in, in, in a rematch. It, uh, by the way, Ingemar Johansson did spar with Muhammad Ali, but was did not want to face him in a fight. 
and that. So he did spar with him uh, in Louisville. And then, uh, of course, after he uh, re-won the title, Cloyd Patterson at Comiskey Park, in which um, Ben Benjamin Goldberg Bentley, uh, better known as uh, as Ben Bentley, a famous ring announcer, moderator uh, of the sports writers, that had Bill Gleason, Bill Jouse, and Rick, Rick Towner before that, the original one had, um, before Towner was Dave Van Dyke. And, and then um, and then the one before him was, um, I, I forget the guy before him. He um, he was with the Chicago Tribune. I, I can't, George Langford was the guy, the original sports writers, but he was a, 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 a ring announcer, Ben Bentley, and he had settled into his seats, and and he thought that um, that Patterson with his peekaboo defense would get would uh, would be tough for for Liston. He would give him a tough go, but he expected Liston to win. But he thought his defense would make him formidable. And, and so as everybody was settling in in their seats, you know, Liston knocked out Patterson in the first round. Um, he he later fought Ali after he had won beat Liston for the title. Um, he was he was um, a devout Christian. He um, he was um, Roman Catholicism. Uh, Floyd Patterson was so obviously Ali, being uh, Muslim, was a threat. He said he was going to win the title back the uh, for America for the United States, and um, you know take it from Ali. And then obviously, you know um, he felt uh, a threat by the you know by the Nation of Islam. And of course, Ali, you know, um, definitely, and, and Patterson refused to call him, you know, Muhammad. He called him Cassius Clay, as did Ernie Terrell. Right, and, and that, that you, offended you've heard him. Story. That offended him also. So he said he was right. going to punish him, and then I think the first fight went like seven rounds, no, twelve rounds, and the second fight went seven. And it was after the second fight that Patterson eventually retired. I think it was after the uh, the comeback, after the the three and a half year layoff. Right. You know, like you talked about um, with, like, um, the different things that boxers did, like, um, you know, Muhammad Ali, he was a lot valued for his greatness because of the civil rights movement and, um, you know, him standing up for that. And that's one of the reasons why he went down in history. You know, I believe, like, you know, somebody like – it's not necessarily who the boxer was or what their fighting was or, you know – I mean, yeah, that's a big part of who they are. That's how they became famous. But what they did in their lives, like look at Manny Pacquiao, you know, building all these homes and in the Philippines and doing all these different things. You know, you, and even LeBron. No people, matter what you think about LeBron, you know, uh, I still yeah. think Michael's the goat. Michael Jordan's the goat. But look at what he's doing Michael with that goat. Uh, preschool preschool classes. He's doing with these classes. He's doing. Uh, did did you read about what? And and you know, as much as I love Michael, I thought he could have done more like LeBron's doing, what LeBron is doing for, yeah. for these kids. And that's, I guess, feeding them, um, stuff like that. Um, that's more than even Michael did. But Michael's still the GOAT. He's still the greatest of all time in basketball. But well, I mean, uh, LeBron has done more. You got a pair of J's at your house? You got a pair of J's yeah. at your house, Glenn? I, 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 did, I did have a pair of Jordans. <laughs> I did have a pair of Jordans, but right now I do have Nikes. But if I was to buy Jordans right now, that would be since um, I did take the Dave Ramsey um, FPU Financial Peace uh, University class last year. That would probably uh, until I get my tax property taxes paid off. But I I do like the shoes and I probably buy a pair of Michaels again. You know, um, but um, right now it's more of a cross trainer which I use for just basically working out or that. 
but I would definitely buy his shoes again. But right now they're probably what two to three hundred. Um, I got them when they first came out after he scored a 63 points against the Boston Celtics. Um, you remember that it was during his his second year after he had broke his um, broke his um, foot. Uh, he had a broken foot after I want to say, and um, in the second game of the season against the Detroit Pistons, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. He got hurt against the Golden State Warriors, but there was a fight on, on that Saturday night, the game before. I, I'm just wondering if that fight that um, I think Doug was it uh, Stan Elbeck got into it with Rick Mahorn, I think, if I remember, or, or either with Rick Mahorn or. or or um or um or or, or daily you know the coach uh so but um they they had a fight the Pistons and the Bulls as they so often did you know with um obviously the beginning of the Jordan rules was probably uh, year two in the league and of course when Lambert came you know uh, they kind of perfected it you know Mahorn Lambert um Sally, you know, Rodman, all the rest of them, you know, so. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I but, love the um, Detroit Pistons. I think the Detroit Pistons are an amazing team. Not necessarily right now, but in the 90s, you know, 80s. Yep. Detroit Pistons. And you know where um, Isaiah Thomas, who was kind of, um, he was acknowledged yeah, as the leader Isaiah of that Thomas team. Now. That dude's fast. <laughs> Isaiah yep. Thomas, fast. He was, he, was a, he was the acknowledged leader of that team and the one that, uh, probably more than any piston. And some um, John Paxson said he was probably the dirtiest piston of them all. You look at Lambert, you look at Rodman, you look at Rick Mahorn, uh, and if you um, Isaiah Thomas was the dirtiest. Do you know where he learned that that type of play? I remember hmm. being a fan of a certain team growing up. He was from Chicago. He would take like I don't know seven uh, buses or I forget how many buses. They made a movie. Uh, the Mary Thomas story, and the one that produced that mo- movie was uh, someone who rode off into the sunset. He was a player rep for the Bulls, and after they were eliminated in Game 7 against the Golden State Warriors, Chet Walker, who was the player representative, uh, Dick Mata said, um, remember who was there at the start of the season, because um, Pat Williams, who was the general manager, had done the contracts for um, – he redid the contracts for Bob Butterby, Love, and Storm, and Norman Van Leer. And uh, so he was fired, obviously. Um, Bill Wirtz, who was one of the owners of the Bulls, the principal owner, uh, obviously, and, and also Dick Mata, there was a chance they would lose him to the Dallas Chaparrals, who moved to another Texas town, moved from Dallas to San Antonio, became the San Antonio Spurs. So they didn't want to lose him. And also, uh, that would have... Obviously, that would cost more money. They call him Dollar Bill Wirtz for a reason. He didn't put home games on TV for the Blackhawks. You know, he, he blacked them out. You know, and so even the Stanley Cup uh, games. You know, so um, so Wirtz, so um, he fired, um, he lost, uh, Pat Williams lost the power struggle, went to the Philadelphia 76ers. They got George McGinnis, and then a certain player um, they, they, they had bought from the the New York Nets, who became the New Jersey Nets, by the name of Dr. J. Uh, They couldn't, uh, obviously, the asking price to enter the NBA for the ABA teams was a little too steep. So Pat Williams took advantage, got him, got Mr. 454 Moses Malone, then went over to Orlando and built the Orlando Magic and got, you know, of course, Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway. 
So the Bulls, of course, Monter became the coach and general manager. The year after Walker left, they were 24-58. and 58. Uh, They went from making the conference finals and for, winning 47 games to winning 24. Jerry Sloan got hurt that year, uh, called it a career, you know, one of their leaders. And so Chet Walker, after hearing what Dick Monter said, and, and um, at the start of the season, after they um, – Obviously, when they didn't honor the, the redoing of the contracts, Dick Mata, um, Van Leer held up the first 13 games before, you know, coming back. And Bob Butterby Love, you know, held out for the first 21 before coming back. And then, um, so Chet Walker, um, you know, rode off into the sunset after hearing. So, you know, Dick Mata said, remember who was there at the start of the season? Dick, Chet Walker said, Chet to Chet Walker said, that's it. I've had enough. Uh, you know, and I'm out of here. So he ripped his jersey. He also became a famous Hollywood producer, produced the Mary Thomas story about Mary Thomas and Isaiah Thomas. And so Isaiah Thomas learned about that defense because Dick Mata did that himself. He used to brag about not only going to Bulls games to sneaking in there and getting in there for free without paying. He would sneak in, um, Isaiah Thomas would. And that's how he learned, you know, from watching uh, Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer. There's, if, you, um, if you're a basketball fan, Manu Ginobili, you remember him from the San Antonio Spurs? Yeah, yeah. There was um, a move. Yeah, Manu Ginobili, isn't he from, like, Germany? He was from Argentina, actually. He was a teammate of Andres Nocioni, who played for the Bulls. But um, yeah, he would, like, awesome. if you're, if you're guarding ball. someone – so it, it's it's very common thing. I don't know if he did it first, but I I, um, I, I know that Sloan and Van Leer, I don't know if they they had done it first. I don't know where he learned it from, Manu Ginobili. If you're guarding your your you know if you're guarding somebody, and if they get close to you, you take their arms, make sure the referee doesn't see it, and you kind of you know clasp your hands. You 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 put your arms around their back, and then you know pressing against the back of their chest, but you want to make sure the referee doesn't see you. Then when they um, happen to um, back away from you, what you do is that you push put you push their um, against their back, press them toward you, and as soon as they, they make contact with you, boom, you fall down and you get a charge. But we got another caller on the line, so I'll, um, I'll pick up the story. So, yeah, so I'm pretty much that Isaiah um... Thomas had learned that. So uh, I gotta go, call and um, okay, I'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you later, Jackson. And that was Jackson Todd. Right. And who am I speaking with? All right, you're speaking with uh, Lou Glenn. Um, I thought we had back in action for a second, but I'm here. Okay, and you probably I don't know if you heard the the story that um, I was mentioning about. Um, I guess we were talking about Manu Ginobili, but I guess uh, uh, oh, Jerry Ginobili. Sloan and Norm Van Leer, Manu Ginobili, but pretty much. Um, Isaiah Thomas, he was saying he was a fan of the Pistons and that, um, you know, I guess uh, the old old school Pistons. And so Isaiah Thomas, I was mentioning where he learned that from was, you know, uh, from pretty much from, uh, um, you, you know, he would sneak into the Chicago Stadium, old Chicago Stadium for free. He would, like, sneak yeah. in without paying. And then, obviously, he was a guard, so he watched Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer. And what they used to like to do, I mean, it was like, um, I, I think it was Sport Magazine, but it was like, um, that was the name of the magazine. So the what they said I've was, uh, so so um, I, I think what uh, it was somebody from the Knicks that said, 
if they had done that, you know, on the streets, they would get five to ten years. And what Sloan and Bangalore like to do when they when their when their players would get close to them, uh, they would put their arms, kind of you know, uh, again connect their hands, whatever, and then press it against their back and make sure the refs don't see it when you do that. And then when right. they would happen to back up, you press them against you, you press them forward, and as soon as um, they make contact with your body, you fall down, boom. And so that's what Manu Ginobili did. I'm not sure who did it, you know, where, where, um, you know, where, where Sloan and Van Leer learned it from, but if they were the first ones that did it, but it's, uh, yeah. for, for, for all I know, they, that might have been, you know, you know, people might have done that before, you know, that. But um, tonight I'm right. going to begin a segment. I was going to begin it at, at 8, but um, I'm, I'm going I'm to go to a break. Uh, I'm from the Chicago area, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this tonight. Uh, I'm going to start it out. It, it's, um, it was a staple. It was an institution. It was like appointment radio from 5 p.m. on Thursdays. Who you crapping? A, co- a quote by Mike Ditka. So I'm going to play the intro, and if you can think of, I got a couple things. I was hoping my grappling, boxing, and weight training instructor would call in because there was someone. I, I was I went to a grand opening. We were going to do a cage fitness class. Obviously, I couldn't do the grappling class because when they did it, I had to go to work because I worked from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Saturday where I, I called you. I called uh, uh, Betty's show from. So this person yeah. never made it. So I'm going to go to a break, and then um, I don't know. Are you familiar with who you're crapping? Uh, not really. Well, I'm going to do an example of it right there. So I'm going to go to a break right now. I'm going to play a, a few commercials, uh, and uh, I'll be back, okay, and I'll play the intro. Come on. There we go. Are you getting tired of feeling sick, having some digestive problems, lack of energy, or just not feeling good? Have you already been to the doctor only to be told that the x-rays are normal, yet you feel miserable? It's been that way for quite some time. Prescribe medications the symptoms are not what you're looking for. Hello, I am Dr. Arthur Fierro, a chiropractor in Harrisburg, Virginia. In addition to treating all sorts of joint and muscle pain, I'm one of only a few hundred physicians in the United States that's board certified in nutrition by the American Clinical Board of Nutrition. Our physicians are medical doctors, chiropractors, naturopaths, and other healthcare professionals. I am one of only two physicians in Virginia that holds that credential. After all the conventional tests have told you what you don't have, Maybe the answer is that it is not an organic disease, but a metabolic dysfunction. To say that A can't make B, so that in the body C can't work. This is what functional medicine is about. With functional medicine, I can think outside the box and utilize different tests that can show us the real cause of your health issue and treat it. Once we know the true cause, we can work to resolve the health issue. If you feel you have fallen through the healthcare crack, consider seeing me for a consultation. I have been in practice for over 40 years, and I know how to think outside the box. Call me, Dr. Fierro, at 540-434-2495. Toll-free line, 877-434-2495. I do consultations over the phone when necessary. Is here again with another super cool store effect. Last year was a pain because this time of year starts the birthdays, the mothers and fathers days, and then the holiday season. I had to go from store to store with mom, waiting in line 
standing for hours. Not this year. I'm giving everyone, especially her, a gift certificate to cmgoodiesmagazine.com. You name it, they have it all online. Plus, you can get a free membership. I'll tell you what, I keep hooking you up with all these excellent places. You're going to owe me some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. They probably have them at cmgoodiesmagazine.com. And we we are back. And uh, before I get to, uh, uh, we had a couple deaths since I I didn't mention them last week. Or uh, well, um, we had one in particular, Ab McDonald, who's like the second member of the Scooter Line, not the original one. That was Ted Lindsay. So all three members of the Scooter Line, Kenny Warm and Stan Makita, have passed a couple weeks uh, after Stan Makita did. He was. Uh, he played for the Canadians too. He won four Stanley Cups. I think he was a member, uh, three of them of the Stanley Cups on those Canadians teams. But he passed away. And then also, uh, I I couldn't get a clip for Burt Reynolds, but he passed away. And so obviously Smokey and the Bandit. You know, um, I think Boogie Nights. He was in that one. And there was one other one, and I'm going to save this one for. I didn't mention him last week. For uh, let me let me play the. The intro for Who Ya Crappin'. So I'm going to play that once I find it. Three, two, one. Let me make sure. And this is the intro. I've listened to so much crap in the last two weeks. Hey, buddy. You know, you hear all that crap. But I understood that that crap was going to come with the territory. Hey, buddy. But I'll live with the crap. Buddy. And uh, I feel very good. He's a disgruntled Scottish guard named for his lethal temper and his unusual eating habits. He weighs a metric ton. His name, Pat Baxter. One of the things, Mike, that's been pointed out over the course of today and last night after the game is that you seem resigned to the fate after the game, that there wasn't much fire in you, and you sort of stood up before the media and said, well, you know, this is the way it is. We, uh, are you resigned to this fate? Is well, you're, you're the same guy that wrote about me when I did have the fire, that that was the wrong thing to do. So who are you crapping? Well, I'm just Don't asking. Don't no, 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 no. Jive talking or that, but um, uh, perhaps I, I can include it. that. Uh, but uh, uh, you, you get it. So it's five one six three at seven one nine four one five one six three at seven one nine four one. I might add that one uh, afterwards, and then just um, you know cut it afterward. But that that's to be if you if someone have told you a half truth or a lie, someone was dishonest with you. Call five one six three eight seven one nine four one five one six three eight seven one nine four one for the uh, next maybe fifteen minutes or so. Um, the maiden voyage on Blog Talk, uh, exclusively on Street Beefs Radio, exclusively on Street Beefs. What's good with Glenn? Street Beefs. Buck up or shut up. Who are you crapping? Do you have a crap to start it out with? Well. I think we've all come across people who have been dishonest with us, and 
have lied to us. I mean, it's, it's human nature, gotta be honest. Yep. But do you have a crap, no. or and you gotta add with the phrase "who you crapping." Who you crapping? Well, offhand, uh, no, because you know it's it's happened a lot. You know, people would you know say one thing and they would you know, say something else. So let's just say that I've always been crapped on. Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get her off uh, started. Um, this crap, and we had another diff, and it was Senator John McCain who ran for president right. twice, and um, someone was said to a remark, "I don't consider him to be a hero," and I know that um, it must be tough fighting, you know, again fighting the communists in the tennis courts of Queens and Long Island and that. But, of course, uh, you remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when Clarence came along. And, of course, George claims that I did save Harry Bailey. I was there. I kept them from going through in the ice. And they were right at the graveyard where Harry Bailey was at. So um, Clarence, the angel, said, no, you weren't, George. You see, you had a... uh, Harry crashed through the ice. You see, you had a wonderful life, wonderful life, George. You know, if if um, you know, just think of uh, what you had done is trying to say, look, you know, you save Harry, you had a wonderful life. But again, it, as if like Harry, Peter Bailey, you know, again George Bailey, as if he was if he was not born, he was not there to save again Harry Bailey. And so, of course, somebody else was not there because. Because he was fat, overweight, and out of shape, perhaps maybe he should have listened to my show about health, fitness, nutrition, or training. But then again, it wasn't on back in the 60s, and there was no block talk radio. So because oh, right. he was um, fat, fat, overweight, and out of shape, he was 4F, and he had bone spurs. So, but if this person who said he was not a hero would have been there to, um, of course, been there, he could have told him how to avoid crashing this plane, and how not to get captured. And so for you, Donald J. Trump, and of course, the war went longer because a certain person who was running for president against Hubert Humphrey uh, zoomed to a big lead, but then Humphrey said how he was going to end the Vietnam War. And so as he had said it, then they were working on a secret peace deal in which uh, apparently, South Vietnam and North Vietnam and the United States, they were going to all sign. And so, but this Republican candidate said to uh, the president of South Vietnam, you know, don't sign the deal. I can get you a better deal. About more than four years later, February of 1973, about 30 signatures later, the Paris Peace Agreement was signed. And, yes, the Paris Peace Treaty, that ended the war. Yeah, he got him. uh so, yeah, President Richard Nixon, Middle House Nixon, Richard M. Nixon, you got him a better deal, all right, because four or five years later, Saigon fell, and the Republic of South Vietnam became the Republic of Vietnam. You really got him a better deal as Saigon fell and became Ho Chi Minhville. So to that, and then I was hoping Neil Cervoni would call because in addition to Donald J. Trump and Richard Milhouse Nixon, um, Jake Muzik had um, went, there was this grand opening 
for Lake Zurich Family Martial Arts. Master Kara had called. And so he was excited. You guys all got to go to it. You know, I'm going. So he got everybody gung-ho and fired up to go to the grand opening where they did a, a cage, uh, a cage um, fitness class, which I did, even though I wasn't 100%. And the grappling part I wanted to do, that came at, I was unable to do that because I had to go to work because it took me an hour to get to work from Lake Zurich to Elmhurst. Otherwise, that, I would have loved that even more than the cage fitness. So Jake Musick, I know it's tough to find there, Route 12, I mean, but I found it. I even found the shortcut through the jewels. So I don't know if you got lost, if there's something wrong with your GPS, but, you know, for Donald uh-huh. Trump, Richard Milhouse Nixon, Donald J. Trump, Richard Milhouse Nixon, and Jake Musick, for you three, I, I have to ask, you know, again, where were you, Donald Trump, for, uh, for that? Richard Nixon, was it really a better deal? Jake Musick, uh, did he have trouble finding it? And in addition to that, I have to ask for all three of them, who, but 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 who, do you three seriously think you are crapping? And that's how it goes. Except I did three of them. Right. So 516. Three eight seven one nine four one five one six three eight seven nineteen forty one for who you're crapping and Lewis is here and he heard the first very first crap might have been the first one since Boris and Bernstein had done it you know uh, on their show and who knows how long ago that was so um, we are here for another half hour and we'll probably be doing this for another I don't know five or ten minutes. So you still have time to call, 516-387-1941, 516-387-1941. So, Lewis, I was looking for, um, I, I was, is it the same, is it the same number as Betty's show, or what's uh, your show? Is it, uh, you said you had a new one, or is it the same, or what's the one you're doing? Oh, yeah, my, my show is, um, well, the same time slot, 6 to 8 on Saturday nights. And um, well, just hold on a second. And I'll, oops. And I'll and I'll give it I'll give it to you, so you uh, you get a chance to call. Okay, because I called uh, Betty's number, and I don't right. have that one memorized yet. But uh, all right, I, so let me go down I, by the list here, and I'll and I'll break it down for you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So well, it's five to seven your time. I'll put it to you that way. Okay, that's right. Right five after right after your, Betty's show. Right, your yep. time. Uh, the number to call is 712-775-7035, and the PIN code is 619-688, and don't forget the pound sign. Okay, you'll have to definitely message, text me that one, because uh, I, I, I think Betty's is, what, 712-770, and I forget the last four for that one. I don't have that memorized yet, but I think it's like 95. Four nine nine five or something like that. No, that's the pin. That's the pin. That's the pin code. That's the pin, but I forget the last four for the for Four one six zero. Four one six zero. There you go. Yes. So it's like uh, instead of nineteen forty one, it's forty one, and then sixty. A year after I was born. So that should be easy right. enough. I was born in fifty nine. Yeah. 
So and then it's uh, yeah nine five four nine nine five, and then yours again is seven one two seven seven five. So um, and this is not with Block Talk; it was with another one. And then yes. what's the last four in addition to seven um, seven seven five? Right. Oh. All right. Hold on. Hold on a second. I gotta get this uh, memorized too, because you know it, it it will it will it will take a while. Okay. Seven 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 oh seven oh three five. Seven oh three five. There you go. Seven um thirty five. Uh Big Hurts a number. You know, um Big Frank Thomas was uh is oh, yeah. thirty five and then and then seven oh, which is which Dennis Lick. That's the only uh that's the only way I can remember that one because I think seventy was Dennis Lick's number. You remember he went to Saint Rita and Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. He was a first-round draft pick. I want to say he was, after Walter Payton became the first-round draft pick of the Bears, he was the next one. And then in 77 was Ted Albrecht. And then yeah. I, I think 78 might have been uh, Keith Van Horn. And then 79, I think, was L. Hampton and Dan Hampton and, and L. Harris. And then I think 80, I want to say 81 was, uh, I think, Jumbo Cobert was that one. I forget who was 80. But um, and then of course the fridge and and I want to say eighty five I think it was eighty four I think was uh, Wilbur Marshall, and then um, and then I I know eighty three might have been Jimbo Covert, and then eighty one I think was Jim McMahon. So, so yeah, seventy was uh, so he was the first player taken with the number one pick after Walter Payton was, and so, um, and of course in addition to health, fitness, nutrition, and training, we we do go. And some additional stuff. We do go off the health, fitness, nutrition, and training pages. Um, and so um, Jackson was talking about the the Triple G Canelo fight, and I'm sure you yeah, know you might have some interest week? in that one. I it might be next week. I I know I've been seeing the thing. They had like a 15 minute little tease on HBO. So my guess it is next week. Uh, they had the fight game Triple G and and Canelo. So, um, so what are your thoughts on that? And um, I talked to Jackson Todd. He said that well, that's a draw. Well, it was rigged the last time. I mean, that was, you know, that was a game right. That that fight never should have been a draw. That that fight with Triple G had that uh, clearly hands down. So maybe hopefully this time they're going to get it right. Okay. So Jackson said that it was a draw, and uh, and then you said so again. It's like um, you know, and he was saying. And he likes both fighters, but Triple G definitely, uh, you know, um, was, you know, uh, was was unable to, you know, was throwing as hard as he could, and he was unable to, you know, uh, overcome, yeah. you know, Canelo. And then Canelo was unable to overcome Triple G. So I guess the late flurry was what gave, um, you know, the late flurry by Canelo was what gave him the draw, you know. And, and um, I, I would love to see the scorecards, but, you know, and it was like, uh, what was it, 115 to 113 or something, you mm-hmm. know, one for one. And then 115 yeah. to 113 the other, and then 114 to 114. So, you know, and so, yeah, and that's that's the way it goes. And so, uh, um, or was it like 118 to 113? One was, uh, but whatever it was, it was. I think it was 119 to 113. Okay, 119 to 113, and the other was 118 to 113 for the other one. And then the other was like, what? 114 or 115, a draw, something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who makes up this scoring system anyway? I don't know, but it's like, uh, you know, it's it's weird because it's like there's 12 rounds, and it's like, so, yeah, that 114 to 114 makes sense. So, uh, you know, that means they, they both won six rounds then. So, uh, and so uh, it's like it's on a one, you know, on a scale of one, to, you know, zero to ten. And obviously if it's a, if you knock uh, your guy, you know, if you knock the other guy down, then you would w- win the round ten eight. So if you if you score a knockdown, normally it would be, it was decisive enough where you would um, win the round ten eight. If it's a close round, if there's no knockdown, you know, unless, um, you know, you completely overwhelm your guy enough, even if there's no knockdown, you could still score a ten eight round. So it's not a um, you know, a 10-point must system. Some have the five-point must system, you know, and uh, and obviously uh, one of the judges, you said one was 119. Was that uh, Triple G or Canelo for the 119? Um, I think it was Canelo. Okay. So, again, you have some difference, and then the other one was 118 or 113, right, for Triple G? Mm-hmm. Right. So, wow, that means that – means According to this one, Canelo only lost one round, and according to the other judge, um, yeah. Triple G lost only two rounds, which makes me wonder. I, I wonder. I wonder what what fights they were watching. You know, because maybe you know. Again, if Triple G won, it wasn't that decisively, was it? Wait, say that again. I mean, to only lose two rounds. If let's just say he he. He won right. it. He won. Uh, one judge gave him. Did he only lose two rounds? Was it was it that decisive or no? I think it was that decisive. You think it was? Yes. Okay. Well, we will see you next time. You think this one's going to be a draw too, or to set up a third one, or hopefully I, this time we'll get it right and will not end in a draw. I mean that was. I mean that that judge whoever scored a tie uh, should have the license revoked as a boxing judge. Okay, we'll see how this works. And then... um work. Okay, so we got that one coming up. Obviously, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are going to fight. Um, obviously, McGregor and um, the Russian Bear Khabib are going to fight. We t- talked about that, me and Keith and Jesse P., Jesse Peterson. He was too tired to call tonight because he had traveled from Milwaukee to Harrisonburg took part in the boxing match, and so obviously he's tired. I don't know if he if he had, if he's back in Wisconsin right now. Speaking of Wisconsin, that was a thing yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. That was a thing. That was a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I like the first three quarters, and not sure what happened in the fourth. If anything, I, I think I think um, obviously. You know, some 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 individuals got tired. Um, I, I guess the the one criticism of Akeem Hicks is that as great as he is, and I think he was one of the leaders in sacks last year for the Bears. But as great as he is, and I don't know how much Roquan Smith. I I was at work, so I listened to the game. I did hear get him get that one sack, but I know um, once Rebathan got hurt, he got in there. So I don't know how much they wanted to play Roquan Smith. He did have that. Um, you know that that uh, that pulled hamstring that left you know his left hamstring he had a a, a pull in it 
So he had a strain in it, his left hamstring. But he looked good there. Obviously, he got the sack, you know, when he was in there. Um, on, on, I think it was on the same series that Khalil Mack got the interception to make it 17 nothing. But um, so I don't know what happened there, but um, you know, it, it was warm enough, warm enough, I guess, that it was it was a nice, decent temperature, a cool enough night, but still, you know, you get tired, and, and um, the thing is, with his knee, since he came out with with a knee injury. You, you you gotta put the pressure, and then they they did drop back on on, on fourth down, and I think they got a little conservative. Um, I guess the zero yard screen to Tariq Cohen. There's there's a couple calls that were questionable there. When when they got down the um the, the swing the swing gate pass that went incomplete. Uh, I think it was was it Anthony Miller on third down. Uh, okay. It's like a swing gate pass right there. Um, so I thought they should have kept it on the ground. I thought that when they got inside the five, they, they could have made it 14 to nothing, you know, instead of, you know, settling for a field goal there. I was saying, I hope it doesn't come back to haunt, haunt the bears. I, I hope that, you know, obviously I was feeling good, 17 to nothing, 20 to nothing. And then obviously they got the field goal, but I wasn't uh-huh. expecting what happened. And I thought, you know, three point lead, you got to get six, you got to get a touchdown. I have a feeling, you know, it's like, okay, you know, try to, you know, make them work the field. I, I know it's two minutes. It seems to be enough time. Don't give them anything deep. And sure enough, uh, they gave them something deep, and it was, what, it was like a third and long play. And on that one, you know, if you have a chance for a pick like uh, Kyle Fuller did, and I wasn't watching, um, was how, how blatant was the drop? I mean, how blatant was it? Does he was it something he should have caught? Um, I would think you're right. Yeah, because I wasn't watching, but he that should have been a pick, right? Yes. And if you're Kyle Fuller, I don't care how much velocity is thrown, you know, is on the ball. I don't mm-hmm. care what the excuses you. Gotta, you got If you have a chance to pick somebody who can beat you like that, like Rogers, and then also, I'm, I don't, I don't know. Um, you gotta apply enough pressure. I mean, if it's, I'm not saying, maybe this sounds dirty, but if he's hurt around the knee, you gotta like. I'm not saying you aim for the knees, but you gotta like, you know, um, it, it's like where where the person's hurting. You, you go, you go to where the person's hurting. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and so, without going for the knees, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta take advantage of it. You, you gotta finish the deal. It's like you gotta, you, you gotta make, you gotta make life miserable. And this is where the not being able to hit the guy at the knees. Back in the old days, if a guy had a knee injury, what do you think they would they would go for? The knees. But then oh, you yeah. couldn't blame them if they if they went for it, you know, because even if you get a penalty, it's like, you know. Okay, yeah, I know it sounds dirty. You shouldn't go for the knees, but this is this, right. is, uh, this is Aaron Rodgers. This is Aaron Rodgers. So yes. you have a chance to. Which is better? I, I know. I know you don't want to. You don't want to see a guy out for the season. You don't want to see him hurt. But if, uh, which is better? Do you do you want it? You want to get uh, nailed like that, and that's what happened. And then they dropped a few mm-hmm. guys back. I think that was a bad move. They should have just 
sent the kitchen sink, and what happens happens because didn't they drop some people back in the coverage on that third down play? Yeah, right. They did. And what happened? Because they dropped some people in coverage. Boom. So it, it seemed like they were halfway. It's like, okay, we didn't, but it's like, you, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. Because they dropped people back, and it still happened. So you, you can't just go, okay, we're going to rush some, and then we're going to drop some back. How did that work out for you? Who you're crapping? Yeah. And on that on that note, I might as well play the. Uh, hold on one second here. Make make it official. Who you crapping? You make us wonder uh, with the things you say, hey, buddy. Maybe you were having an off day. Very nice. Hey, buddy. Maybe you were napping. Hey, buddy. Who you crapping? And that's the that's right. the uh, how it ends. That's the conclusion of who you're crapping. And it was kind of a crap right there for the Bears. It's like, you know, you yeah, you don't want to you don't want to uh, definitely want to drop some people back instead of. Um, and if they would if they would have sent all those people, um, obviously their strength in numbers. And you drop people back, and how did that work out for you? Who you're crapping, Chicago Bears? Exactly. Who you crapping? Um, Big Fangio. But on that, uh, well, let's see. I, I think I played. I, I, I played enough uh, commercials in that. So, uh, so, so your show is it the same one as as you did before? Is it what's the name of your current show? It's 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 the same show. I just you know just run a new service now, but everything else remains the same except uh, the number. And uh, that's a, and the pin. Everything else remains the same, same format and whatnot. So uh, you know, that's, not much has changed. And what's the pin again? The six-digit pin. Six one nine six eight eight pound. So six one nine six eight eight pound. Okay. Right. Six one nine. Uh, the Bolozinski, Jorge Orta, and then six. That's obviously yeah, the six titles, and then eighty-eight. I don't know what the significance of 88 is in the pound. Okay. And then send send me a text message on that, too, just in case. Yeah, I'll, I'll Facebook you. Okay, that'd be good. So we got uh, well, kind of early for the shout-outs. And so um, did you watch um, uh, any or what sports did you watch over the weekend? I was mostly concentrating on football, both college and pro. Okay. And so uh, I, another um, few days, uh, we'll be having a training camp for the NHL. Yes, that would be good, and there'll be some questions, obviously. Uh, what kind of questions? You know, what, well, I know one in particular for a particular goalie. It's like, will he be ready at the start of the year? How oh, will yeah. his backup be? And so that's probably, um, and it's like, you know, well, who knows how much, I mean, you know, he, you know, he was very underrated before he, last year. He was very underrated before last year, but I mean, he's extremely underrated right now because you know uh, a lot of people didn't think you know that Corey Crawford should get it. But after last year, it's like they were seventeen to nine with Crawford, and so yeah. I, I mean, 
again, look at how they ended up without him, and look at how many goals. Well, Glenn, they it could be worse. It could be worse because right now, if you want to talk about a team that's in a that's a mess right now, the Boston Bruins. That the Bruins team is a mess. What about the Canadians? Uh, did did they deal Patch already? Where did Patch already go? Yes, they did. He's going to Vegas. Why Vegas? Yeah. Oh. Not, what else? The Blackhawks were considered, um, and, and I guess Justin Folk is another one who he's still in Carolina, yeah. right? Or did he was he traded? So why um, why is he, he going to Vegas? What? I believe he was traded, and uh, Vegas he exchanged Vegas uh, for a. Top prospect and a 2019 draft pick. And, and the Blackhawks were had a, had some interest, but Justin Falk has not been traded yet, right? I hope. Right. Okay, that's someone who's a top four defenseman who could help, uh, could help the Hawks. Um, they have other ones. They have like there's like six prospects. There, two of them they drafted last year. Um, mm-hmm. Nicholas Bowden. You know, N I K L A U S. I think that's how you how you spell it. Um, yes. Or is it or is it a, it's either L A S or L A U S? Bodine B E A U D I N. And then, of course, before that, you had um, the Swede, who was a teammate of uh, uh, yeah. the guy who was taken the same year in the fourth round, Lucas Carlson, um, and Chad Chris was taken in the second round, but um, uh, Adam Bokfis who he thinks he's three years away. They signed him to an NHL deal now. And I don't know if he'll be in Rockford, but obviously he's um, he's very mobile. Uh, he, he's um, Obviously he's a good puck carrier in that. I'm not saying he's Bobby Orr, but the Blackhawks are intrigued enough that they think he is less than three years away. He thinks he's three years away. He, he thinks he needs to get bigger and stronger in that. But this is a guy... I'm not saying he'll be or a coffee, but you know, a very mobile, uh, upwardly defenseman who's good at at um, you know quarterbacking uh, a team, you know, on offense. Yeah. So he he has that ability, and then of course, um, there was um, uh, Henrik Yokoharu, and then in the second round was Ian Mitchell. So, and and then in addition to them, there's there's one guy. I think it's Blake Hillman. It was mm-hmm. he the guy from Denver? He was I don't I'm not sure if he was a top four defenseman for Denver. He was on the NCAA championship team for the whatever the Denver's nickname is. You know, um, he yeah. was on the team that won the I forget who they defeated for the NCAA title, and then the year before they lost to uh, uh, Nick Smoltz and Lucas Johnson and and North Dakota. Um, both both of them were teammates, Nick Smoltz and Johnson's Lucas Johnson, not on the Blackhawks, Smoltz is, along with Alex DeBrimka and a few others. I think John Hayton might be on the Hawks, too. You know, and, um, yeah. and of course, I think it's Dylan Secora. I think they're both in the Hawks organization, but I think Dylan Secora, was he the Hobie Baker candidate from Northeastern University, Dylan Secora? Mm-hmm. He and Victor Edsel, um, I think, had cameos last year. Edso, they got in the Ryan right. Hartman deal in addition to the 26 overall pick. They got Victor Edso. He's a big, beefy, 6'4", 6'5", 215 pound. I think he's 6'5". And so they got him. So uh, um, 
but those are the forwards, but those are the, the six defensemen I mentioned, um, Yokoharu, Mitchell, mm-hmm. Chris, Lucas Carlson, um, and then his teammate Adam Bokefist, and then Nicholas Bodine. So they, again, it, it, the question is, how far away are they? How much does Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook have left in, in addition? And then can Connor Murphy, uh, can he be more than just known for his uh, shirtless selfies? That that he yeah. he does online and uh, you know he was the captain of the U.S. World Cup team, but right now he needs to be more known than his shirtless selfies. He needs to the one thing that um, Jomerson he yeah he got hurt, and I know he's older, but Jomerson and Brent Sopel, uh and they were both on the 2010 Blackhawks team. They both killed penalties. They both blocked shots. And I don't care how good you look without a shirt, Connor Murphy. You know, the question is, you know, can you block a puck? A puck, you know, uh, shirtless or not shirtless. How good are you at blocking a puck? I don't care if it's shirtless or not shirtless. Yeah. Uh, Connor Murphy, can you block a puck? Nicholas Jamerson could. Brent Sopo was able to, and they both killed penalties. You know, so, again, uh, he needs to step his game up a little bit. And, um and I think we got what five or six minutes left. We got well, um, so might as well get our last our last comments, our last thoughts. Only two callers today, so um, need to do better next week. So, uh, Lou, you can go first. Well, um, I would give a shot actually an Eastern brother who are celebrating their birthdays on uh, Friday. Whose brother? Mine. Oh, your brother. What's his name? Anthony. Anthony. Happy birthday yeah. to you. Happy birthday to you. Hold Happy it, birthday it. to you, Anthony. Oh. Because my niece uh, also uh, has a birthday on the same day. That's his daughter. Oh, really? So yes. your brother and your niece, who is her daughter, they were both born on the his same daughter. day? His daughter. His daughter. Yes. So he yes. and his daughter were born on the same day. Yes, thirty years apart. How, how weird is that? Not weird because it happens a lot in my family. Because I have a because my cousin and I are born on the same day, uh, twenty twenty five years apart. Wow! And what what's the so, niece's uh, name? Savannah. Savannah, right? Yeah, we were gonna name her Atlanta, but that didn't work. So Savannah, not Savannah. So, Savannah, happy like birthday Savannah, to Georgia. you. Oh, Savannah, Savannah, okay. Happy like birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday there, Anthony and Savannah. Happy birthday to you and many more. That is so awesome. Yeah. Father yeah. and daughter born, Yeah. you know, 30 years apart. Any more shout-outs? Uh, that's about it. I mean, actually, I share my birthday with a lot of celebrities. You do? Like who? I do. I share it with, um, I'll put it this way, I share it with uh, Stephen Tyra of Aerosmith, Diana Ross. Diana Ross? Stephen Tyra of, oh, wow. Yeah, with Diana Ross. Stephen Tyler? Stephen Tyler and, and Diana Ross and? And a Vulcan. And who? A Vulcan. Oh, who was the last one? Mr. Spock. Oh, Mr. Spock. Okay, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy, wow. Yes, and and yes, you know what he was in before 
before um, Star Trek or maybe after Star Trek? After Star Trek? No, I guess well, what show Trek, he was Mission in. Impossible. Yeah, it's Mission after Star Trek was Mission Impossible. Ooh, wow! I knew that. Holy cow! But what you didn't know what? is that when I was born, the doctors take one of my parents, and he said, "Mr. Mrs. Snore, this baby's half was Vulcan mind." Wow! Shocking, isn't it? It is shocking. It is shocking. Yeah, that's what they said. Well, this baby's half was Vulcan mind. This baby's what? This baby's half was Vulcan mind. <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah, little, All right. little reference there. You know, the little the tie-in. Uh, yes. yes, yes, definitely. I had to do it. And, and uh, but uh, um, I want I want to thank Jackson for for calling my show. I yeah. I definitely want to thank uh, Lewis for calling, and Jackson with with his knowledge about the peekaboo, uh, you know, style of Mike Tyson. I mean, he knows a lot of knowledge himself. And Lou mm-hmm. for his sports knowledge and just for his his overall knowledge and uh, sharing birthdays with celebrities too and for his show and again that number for his show is seven one two seven seven five and uh, and I want to say it, it's um, oh it, it's six zero eight eight right or something like that or six one nine the pin number is six one nine six one eight six eight eight. Oh yeah, and the pin number is six one nine six eight eight. But the last four numbers, yeah. and it is seven seven one two seven seven five. And the last four numbers are three zero seven five. No, seven zero seven zero three five. Excuse me, seven zero three five. Seven zero three five. Seven zero three five. So think Dennis Correct. Lick and and Frank Thomas. So uh, for Lewis, it's seven one two seven seven five seven zero three five. Pin number to get the through the show is six one nine. Yep, six one nine pound. And on that note, because if you don't do the pound uh, sign, you won't get in. Yep, just like just like with my show, I need the pound when I I do the. It's like a ten digit. If you remember from Blog Talk, a ten digit um, you know yeah. thing in order to get on the show. So, yeah. um, but I'm gonna thank Lewis, and, and don't forget his show seven one two seven seven five, and it's uh, um seven zero three five. Seven Remember, it's five to seven, seven your time. Six to eight in the east. Five to seven. And yes. six to eight in the east. So again, it's seven one two seven seven five seven zero three five. And then with the pound six one nine six one nine six eight eight. Then pound, you know. And then uh, I want to thank uh, Jackson Todd and Keith. I hope everything's going well with you, Master Kara. Call next week. Same thing with Neil Cervoni. Uh, good night. I want to I want to thank Jackson. Uh, Jake. Jason Cuban for putting my show together. Thank you, Jason. You are awesome. I want to thank Christopher Wilmore for uh, congrats on the ESPN, the TV show, the magazine, and also the uh, the website for um, again for and, and also the Swiss photographer, you know, for and the TV show coming up, the Swiss photographer for that Swiss magazine. And I got some time left. Uh, a few minutes. Uh, I don't know, maybe less than a minute. It hasn't done the countdown yet. So 90 seconds. So I want to thank Christopher Wilmore for the founder of Street Beefs for giving the blessing for this. Jason Cuban for asking me for the show. So we're gonna we're gonna head on out. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I haven't done this in a while, but I, I know uh, Keith did last week. 
So I'm going to have uh, Frankie take me home. Take me home, Mr. Sinatra. Until, Until 166 hours, everyone. And again, this show has been uh, a Street Beeps production, a member of the Street Beeps family of shows, and uh, available on Google Podcasts until 166 hours. Good night, everyone. Now this could only happen to a guy like me And only happen in a town like this So may I say to each of you most gratefully As I throw each one of you a kiss This is my kind of town Chicago is my kind of town, Chicago is.